Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss socialism, Sally and accounting, and short shorts. I don't want to waste one second. Let's get right into it. My guest today is, and I say this without any sarcasm whatsoever, truly one of my favorite people in the entire world. She's the uh, outgoing managing editor of The New Yorker and incoming editor-in-chief yes. of The All. Mm-hmm. My guest today is Sylvia Killingsworth. Hello. Did I say that right? Killingsworth? You, Killingsworth. Right? Yeah. And Mike, is you got a, you're off. You're maybe getting a little closer. A little, a little too close? No, no. Further. Closer. I mean, further in. Yeah, closer. <laughs> Sylvia is at, uh, she's actually in my office at home right now. She, first time I've ever held a microphone. First time she's ever held a microphone, and you can tell because it's not good. <laughs> it's very bad mic technique. But um, two Sylvia, hands, right? Sylvia's here visiting on a weekend. Yeah, two. No, you, you can hold it however you want as long as it's near your, your face. Okay. I think that's close enough. I think you're fine. Think Anyhow, okay. Sylvia is a very talented woman, incredible writer, great editor. Thank you. Or so I'm told. I don't know. I've never been edited by her. Uh, and and is making a huge career move to huge. to managing running a, a website all by herself all by my all under her all under herself. Um, so this is a very exciting. First off, congratulations! Thank you so much. We have we've not had any champagne, but not I, yet. I am chilling a bottle of champagne. Uh, so the New Yorker, you're leaving uh, probably the most respected um, magazine. Uh, in journalism, in the world of in the world of media, on the on the planet Earth, on the planet, uh, it's been around for a hundred and seventy five years. One hundred ninety. Seriously? <laughs> no, ninety one. Oh, uh, ninety one. I was going to say one hundred ninety one. Uh, it's been around for almost a hundred years. Ninety one years. Very mm-hmm. old, storied magazine. You've been there for how many years? Have you been at the New Yorker? Seven. Seven years. Yep. What did you what, what, what did you start? What was your role when you My first, first got job there? My first job there was I I was called the A issue editor, which is could also be described as the assistant managing editor or the deputy managing editor, but essentially mm-hmm. the person who is in charge of putting together the issue on time every week. So cracking the whip on cracking people. the whip. That's where you start. That's how yep. you, you started mm-hmm. in that role. Yeah. You're the sort of coordinator on the ground. What is it? You have a personality that people are like, they meet you and they're like this, she's just going to be the boss. We should just put her in a role instantly where she's able to yell at people and get them to do things on a schedule. It's less bossiness, I think, and more extreme familiarity with everything that needs to happen in order for everything to go smoothly. Right. And like, so I feel confident that I know the process inside and out. I know what needs to happen, when it needs to happen, and who needs to do it. Would you say that um, you're a very organized person? I am. Yes, I would say I'm the very organized. Have person. you always been organized? Uh, like I when think you were I a kid, learned, were you a weird organized kid? I learned how to be organized from my parents. I think. Uh, I, here's try this for a weird organization. When I was growing up, uh, like elementary school age, I had two dresser drawers, um, like Ikea dressers mm-hmm. in my bedroom mm-hmm. and the, now I'm going to forget which one, the left-hand side one and the right-hand side one, but I the left the hand mic a little closer, closer. Yeah. You're, okay. you're not allowed to talk. I'm like screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Carry so, on. so the left-hand side, I believe the left-hand side was maybe lights and the right-hand side was darks. So I basically had a duplicates of clothing. Yeah. Cl- top to bottom. So like underwear and socks at the top, then shirts and then shorts and pants, I mm-hmm. think, and maybe mm-hmm. sweatshirts at the bottom. I forget exactly how you it had went. You a large but- collection of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I grew up in this California. Great. Now, do, you, do you continue this same? Three inch, five inch, seven inch Bermuda. Yeah. 
<laughs> are those all short lengths? <laughs> there, yes, there. Three inch. Three inch. That seems it, this very is the short. inseam length. Yeah, that seems very short. Those are the shortest shorts that J Crew makes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you currently own a pair of those? That's very uh, short. No, no, it's not as it's not as uh, revealing as you think. Sounds extreme to me. <laughs> sounds like the short a short short like bordering on pornographic. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, not. It's not. No, okay. It's not. So three, five, seven. You know, I think this is not unrelated to when growing up, I, when in the kitchen, we had different drawers and different uh, cabinets for different types of dishes, like everyday dishes and like dinner mm-hmm. plates. This is not an uncommon way to organize It is. Kitchen. This is very normal. You have right. the like informal cutlery like, and then like silverware. We put our silverware no, 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 listen, into a drawer. My dad would, would place, so the, 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 uh, collected silverware that was sort of random and not matched to each other. It wasn't in sets. They're, they all had different, you know, patterns on them or filigrees or some of them said American Airlines because my dad thrifted them from back when the airline used to actually have metal cutlery. What do you mean thrifted them? First, you know, took, Stole them? took them for his personal I'm collection. Say, wait, so what, is, what, is, what did your dad do? I know you told me this, but oh, he he's retired now. He but was he was a, a he was an airline pilot. He was a theft a thief, an airline <laughs> professional, <laughs> thief. professional thief. He stole cutlery from airlines as a profession. As, no, no, he he. What did he do? For a very long time, he was a French to English financial translator. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a certified financial analyst, so he had always worked in big. Neither of those things paid things. well enough to get. Uh, silverware. No, I think he just <laughs> thought it would be funny to have, you know. So how many American how many Airlines. sets of of uh, airline silverware did you have? Uh, there, like I think they were only get, American Airlines. Right, but I mean, could he's going to correct me on that. I, I'm sure there was another kind. But could you have an entire meal for like eight people? And no, no, no. American it was Airlines like there stuff? was like one of each oh, kind okay. of thing. Okay. Anyway, the point is that there were a lot of different types of spoons, mm-hmm. and after a certain amount of number of years living in the kitchen with my dad, I learned that he there was a pattern. The there was a pattern. No, there man. was a, that, like that was badly, <laughs> that was badly closed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. You were allowed in other areas of the home. S- yeah, uh, just only just the ground floor. Be, just want to be clear. <laughs> the attic under the, the, to be the ca- cupboard under the stairs. All right. So anyhow, after many years, I noticed that there was a pattern to how the spoons were organized and this, because the spoon I always liked to use the very smooth spoon that didn't have a little design on the handle was always at the bottom. And so I knew to always go to the bottom of the drawer to see where that was. And this that's, is where that's you, where it lived. This is where you picked up your, organiza- your this organization. This is where I, I sort ability. of osmotically learned that mm. there are, it's not necessarily organization, but just sort of like a preferential order of I things. See, I see. And, and that, this is how I like to line things up. And, and that is why you it. were a natural for... <laughs> Um, when I told that spoon story, yeah, the in, New Yorker was you like, you're hired. Seven years ago, you went into the New Yorker and you're like, listen, there were several drawers in my kitchen with spoons. <laughs> Wait, was there only one drawer with spoons? How many? How many? There were, oh, well, you know, there was the the everyday spoons. Then sure. there was the, the, the nice, heavier stuff that you would use for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also silver somewhere in a box, but sure, that good, has, the you know, K, the good stuff. Yeah. Right. Has a K inscribed on it. All right. So anyhow, you go in seven years ago. You're like, I'm very good at organizing. They give you a job. I had another, I had one job before that. I was, was uh, the assistant to the editor in chief of Condé Nast portfolio, which was a glossy business mag. Oh, a business mag. Yeah. At Condé. That's Uh, since uh, now defunct. It, yes, it folded. I actually interviewed for the New Yorker job three days before portfolio folded. 
Oh, that was good. It was timing. extremely good timing. Really good timing. So you were in the family already. I was. I was in the Conde family. You were. A, you were an assistant to the editor. I was an assistant to the editor in chief. Right. Who I was the editor in chief of Portfolio at that point? Joanne Lipman. She had come over from the oh, Wall Joanne Street Lippman. Journal. Mm-hmm. Where did she go after that? Uh, she's done a couple of TV things. She read a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been on TV. You still in touch with her? Do you guys stay in touch? Very infrequently. Yes, yeah. we say hello. Good, to good relationship. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Very yeah, good relationship. Yeah. Great. It was great. It was Do great. you have any bad relationships with any of your coworkers currently? Is there anybody at New York mm. you'd like to give the finger to on the way out mm. the door? Is there somebody that you're making a face? It's like a. It's like a, I don't want to talk about this on the podcast face. <laughs> no, which I understand. I, Nobody wants to talk about their enemies. I get it, and I'm sure that everybody loves you at the New Yorker, except for. Sally in accounting. Oh, Sally. Right? She's the worst. Huge. No, I love everyone jerk. there. It's really like my family. Yeah. Well, it you're is leaving a, your family. You're I am. Saying, I'm flying. You're saying F you to the whole family. F you. And you're, I'm out of here. And you're uh, getting eloped uh, to a person. <laughs> I'm, I'm being eloped? So you're getting Someone eloped. is eloping you're, me? You're eloping. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting, I guess you don't get eloped, do you? You're eloping with an independent. I'm taking off. Independent. Yeah. I'm flying free. Publication. Yeah. The all. Uh-huh. Now, how would you describe the all? Let's imagine you're a person. Let's pretend you're listening to this podcast. Yep. You've never heard of the all before. Mm-mm. And by the way, shame I've on, actually never heard of the all. Shame is- on you, <laughs> listener, if you haven't heard of the all. Actually had a profile, the Verge profile, the all, of yeah. all things. A lot of people think that things- it's called the owl. It mm. is called the all. Those people are don't know how to read words. Mm. People think it's called the owl. Have you ever seen AWL pronounced that way? Yes. <laughs> by the people who <laughs> mispronounce the all. don't know what the, the, word, the, owl. All, the, the word all is. At any rate, how would you describe the all to somebody who didn't know anything about it? Uh, the all is a small independent uh, website that tries to basically publish good content and not, not waste anyone's time. They good, had a tagline for a long time. Yeah. Uh, that I, I don't know if this is actually still the tagline. It was be less stupid. And I've always thought that was, you know, clever and brief. Is there a grammatical error in that? No, it's a it's a mandate. Be <laughs> no, less I get stupid. It. Be less stupid. The implied. It just sounds like it could be you. also a meta meta sort of like. Be less, comma stupid. Yeah. There's no comma. No, um, I don't. I don't think I've seen that tagline used in relation to the all recently. I don't think so either. Yeah. It may have. Been Do you think you'll bring it back? Will you bring it back? Maybe. Now this is you're the boss. Yeah. You are calling every shot. I am. You can reshape the all in whatever fashion you think is appropriate. Yeah. Um how many what how, do you, will you do a lot of smartphone reviews? Do you think is there going to be Just a lot of the normal gadget amount. reviews? Just the normal the amount. New version of the yeah. all. Do you think <laughs> You'll do. I mean, what it are, will be two-year-olds doing the gadget reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know how to get clicks. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I would get a lot of clicks. Um, no, but so what is your what is your uh, you know? Do you have a vision yet? Have you figured out where you want to take this thing? I want to try things. I think my vision to start off with is more of a spirit of sort of experimentation mm-hmm. and uh, throwing things at the wall and see what works, see what doesn't. Um, right. I feel like it's a sort of new and unfamiliar thing. F- for me to get behind the wheel of something and figure out, like push certain buttons and turn certain levers and see what happens and mm-hmm. what sounds kinds like of posts you, do well. Sounds like you imagine the all is um, sort of a it's a it's a control it's like board. A Soviet it's no, like no, a Cold War a Cold War era. No, it's the, it's the control room in <laughs> Inside Out, and you know where they're sort of like, oh, let's push this button and okay. see what that does. For and those listeners who haven't seen the film Inside Out, what Sylvia is describing is a colorful room, kind of a science fiction. It's a very like sci-fi, very colorful room with lots of levers 
Is it levers or levers? I've never known. I know it's lever house. It's levers. And if you're, if you're in America and if you're in England, it's levers Hmm. and other places, I suppose, maybe, uh, Australia, (laughs) uh, certain parts of South Africa, I would imagine. Hmm. Um, at any rate, Colonies. You're imagining yeah, the colonies. <laughs> you're imagining a very complex uh, sort of like machine room, but yeah. actually you'll be dealing with a. a but they're probably a block, only like four, four, four buttons and two. They're probably some levers somewhere. So you want to play around. You want to experiment. I want to. Yeah, I want to just try new stuff. voices. Yes, for sure. New uh, recurring features. Yeah, I think you don't want to play uh, out features too hard. Right. I like the not, idea not of it like sort of being features, but you know. sure, uh, you know rubrics or columns or sticks sticks you don't want to wear your you don't want to wear your stick too thin right uh you want to have a little a variety show but you want your variety show to even have some varieties you don't want to always you know you don't want to lean too hard on a certain formula my impression is that you uh are going to be i'm very excited about this because i love the all i think it's great it's been run by i should say if you guys don't know i had john herman and matt buchanan on together who are the departing editors the gingers of the all well i don't know what's going on with matt i actually is he sticking around his hair I don't is know. still we'll red it. it's, it's yeah, very red it's still red but john herman is, has become a, a david carr fellow yes He's a jolly good fellow as well. <laughs> you know what? I'll just edit that out. Uh, he's become a David Carr fellow, which means he's going to the New York Times yes, to write for, for the years. next couple of years, along yeah. with uh, Greg Howard and, and Amanda Hess. Amanda Hess. Yes. I always conflate Amanda Hess and Amanda Hesser because they have very similar names. But, but it's Amanda Hess. Yes. Hesser is Food Fifty Two. So it'll Hess be a whole new. It'll be a whole new world. Do you think the media? Uh, do you think media is a bad place to be right now? It seems like a, a very dark. I time. hope not. It's a We're dark both time. There. So yes, we are both there. But yeah. don't you think it's a very dark time in content production? I've, I've seen probably the darkest of times, which was you know the year two thousand nine. <laughs> uh, was that the darkest time? I, it felt like it to me. I mean, well, partly because I was at a business magazine and we were covering the financial world, which was collapsing. And then that was affecting all of the business world as well, which included publishing. (laughs) So it was was directly affecting publishing. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting, actually. I know. I I am. I'm I'm like a um, depression era baby when it comes to like, I was forged in the sort of, I got into Condé Nast like right at the top of the roller coaster when it was like, everyone was spending lots of money. It was really glossy and it was really cool. And it was like right after the devil wears Prada and everyone had a certain impression of what it meant to work at Condé Nast and how great it was. Did you think it was going to be like, the devil just money Prada. flowing out of my ears. Was it, did you feel like you were like the, uh, Anne Hathaway <laughs> character? Like just not really. I mean, I mean you know, I was an role, assistant. I definitely did assistant yeah. duties. Well, but so. I mean, it was obviously for a different person, of course. a different publication, but yeah, she wore a lot more, um, Chanel. No, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, that's really, cause I think of 2009 and I'm not like, Oh my God, it was so bad in 2009. In 2009, I, think I it's was just, having a pretty good time. Yeah. I mean, I was well, AOL. Were, we yeah. were, I was running Engadget. Right. I mean, it was like, I think if you were in the tech on the tech side of, yeah. of that, of media, it was probably fine, but no, it was great. But I was in New York and everything. Probably, our best, probably yeah. one of our best years. It was just, it was just kind of a meltdown recession. Well, times. I mean, yeah, the print print is very tough. Yeah. And now you're moving away from now because you've worked on like, you don't work on the digital side of the New Yorker. I, I mean, mean, you have some interaction. All of the New Yorker finds its way to digital. And so in that sense. But you're yeah, not like. I'm not. Your focus is the magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now you're moving from, you know, a, you know, this, which is a very different pace. Right. 
the pace of a magazine. Although I will say because it is a weekly, it is much, obviously much faster than a monthly, but right. it's, it, it does have quite a, but it's not a clip. daily. It's not a daily. The website right. is though. Of course the website is, but I mean, you're going from, it'll be a very different, I mean, yes. I feel like there's an yeah. really interesting transition. The periodicity there. will change. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think of course the, I mean, I think the model, the, I mean, personally, I'm sure everybody at the New Yorker would, would be uh, scandalized to hear this, my opinion on this, but I think for, in order for magazines to really survive and to actually to flourish in the age of digital, like I think the entire process should basically be reversed where like, if you have a magazine and a website, Oh yeah, you should be, you should basically be like creating the most amazing like digital stuff in the world. And then like cherry picking that exactly to yeah, create the reverse, magazine. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of magazines still, I mean, this is 100% true in almost every situation. Every person I know who's at a magazine mm-hmm. where the magazine is its own, has its own track, its own thing that it's doing. And then like the digital piece is like a secondary or like side piece. Now I know the New Yorker actually the has Yorker a much more built much out digital side. Different from that, uh, especially now that we have a paywall. So everything, it used to be that we would only put one big feature online every week right. chosen from the magazine. And we would sort of track how well it performed and see whether people read it or not. And now we get to put the whole magazine up and we get to sort of compare all the articles. And it's, it's interesting to see like the articles now have lives of their own. Um, another thing that you have to consider is we have, we put out so much every week, um, that there are things sort of free floating out there from like maybe two years ago that suddenly become relevant again during the, right. during the show, making a murderer. Uh, they talked a lot about like the read technique. And so there was an article from 2013, I believe that sort of resurfaced and had new life and gained a bunch of traffic. That's so, so awesome. That's yeah, such an awesome great. thing about having a, having a magazine for 91 right. years. It's like having a library <laughs> and you're incredible. like, Oh, you know, you should read this. Or right. if you, if you liked this, you should also read. Yeah, I mean that's that's the nice thing about being around for a really long time and uh, and being able to pull from the archives. But you know what's weird is that that most content that is created now, I mean, I'm just thinking back to like Verge content, like mm. a lot of our stuff that we made. The way the way you frame it, the way it's written, the way the space that it exists and when it's created, it doesn't lend itself as much to doing that. Like it's 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 a much different kind. I mean, I guess like a daily right. news site obviously is very different, mm-hmm. you know, but like I think back and, and there are certainly places where um, there were stories that you could, you know, re-promote. I th- in fact, sure. I think they just did with something, but you know, uh, same thing with same thing at Bloomberg. You look back at the archives, the recent, even the, you know, the stuff yeah. that wasn't that old. And it's, I feel like the framing, New Yorker has a way of, of telling really amazing evergreen stories. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, like, Another big difference is also just the ambition. You know, when we talk about New Yorker stories and classic pieces that it's similar to saying the platonic profile of, or like the canonical version of this ideal piece. Um, Because so many of those are sort of like classics. It's like the criterion collection of... You know, journalism, and you're leaving of, it. Oh <laughs> you're, gosh, you're leaving it, and you're not gonna be able to tap into this rich archive to, you know, re- you know, when there's something going on, when Trump becomes president I'll, I'll, of the United States of America. I might swipe some keys. <laughs> was, yeah, I guess you could probably like sweet talk somebody, yeah, over there and say, let me let's crack this one open. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure at this point you probably could very easily say you should put this one because, like, what does the New Yorker do? It basically what happens is like they'll just make articles available for everybody mm-hmm. at certain times. Yeah, and it takes. I mean, it takes quite a bit of work because you have to, you know, these things are in PDF format and you have to use OCR and recognize the text and then clean it up and they style it and do it? drop caps. Not all of it. We've done quite a bit. We go through and do archive collections, so you know, true crime stories or science fiction stuff. Like we, we will sort of crawl through and amass stuff. Have you done a romance one? Like a love? 
I believe we seems have like a, actually. Seems I think like we a did Valentine's love Day slam dunk. No, we did. We did like uh, a love stories at some point. Maybe yeah. a bunch of like love stories in fiction or something. Yeah, that's so great. I should I should just go find an archive of content somewhere and um, mine it. Mine it. Yeah. For Are gold. there any? I wonder if there's any just sitting around that nobody's looking at or thinking about. Sure. It's like really, there must be many defunct now defunct magazines that are have like incredible stories. Yeah, you Maybe, could. You could. This you is could, a random, extremely random idea. You could uh, revive all the old like lingua francas and spy. Spy would be great. Spy would be very good. So who owns Spy? Who owns the archives of Spy? Mm, good question. Who owned Spy? Who published Spy? Mm. Why do I not know the answer to it's this? Embarrassing question? that we don't know that. We should know that. It's probably Conde Nast. <laughs> How do we not <laughs> no, know? There were a lot of people who are now Conde Nast. Should yeah, we look right look now? Up. Hold on. All right, hold on. Your phone's on. Uh, you know, I'll just. I'll use this computer here. Well, right. Luckily, we're in a room with several computers. Several computers and two dozen keyboards. Uh, there are not two dozen keyboards in here. There are way 11. fewer than two dozen. Count how many keyboards are in here. One, two, three on that desktop. Four, okay. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Wow. It's not even eleven. There's twelve, thirteen. You're counting that? You're 14. counting that Apple? I don't think that counts. Yeah, of course it counts. It has a keyboard. Uh, Spy magazine. 14. So how many did you say? For I said uh, first I said two dozen. Oh, 15, one behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a problem. I said two dozen, which is pretty close. I have a bad problem. So um Graydon Carter, it's Kurt Anderson. Independent. Is this what I'm getting here? I thought it was 1987, but it's eight, it says it 86. 86. It was found in 86. They might have first published in 87. Uh yeah. Uh no. Okay, long and short is I'm guessing that Graydon Carter owns Spy. Kurt Anderson or Graydon Carter, right? Well, I didn't know Graydon Carter had a real first name. Do you know what, what is it is? It? Edward. Edward. He's got great hair. All right, this is a really compelling piece of the really compelling piece <laughs> of the podcast. Um Listen anyhow, to us while we Google things. Yeah, seriously. Actually, this is a pretty common. This is pretty common. Usually when I when Break I do it Google? when when I do it when I'm in the studio in like a proper studio uh, when I had Magnus, the, my producer, who you know has moved on to, um, where's your proper studio? It's uh, it's in um, it's uh, on Twenty Fourth. Oh, okay, I was, <laughs> I didn't realize that wasn't just your bedroom. No, no, I go into a studio <laughs> most of the time. I've done a bunch of them recently from from in the office, and I'm between producers, so it's yeah. made it a little bit more difficult. I see. Because uh, Magnus again has left. R.I.P. Magnus. Rip Magnus. Um, but uh, normally, that when this sort of thing happens, because it happens all the time, where yeah. there's a question that comes up, he will go and research it, which is very handy. Very. Now this creates a whole sort of you know work stoppage. Sure. Anyhow, all right. Let's take a quick break. Sounds good. And then when we come back, I want to talk about what's going on in the world right now because you're going to have okay. to be you have to get your hands oh, nasty and dirty. I have to start reading the newspaper. The affairs of the world. <laughs> Not going to be in your little New Yorker bubble anymore. Oh dear. Which never ever addresses any of the affairs of the world. Never. All right. Not we'll once. be right back uh, with more. So don't go anywhere. love books but feel like you never have the time to read them i'm personally plagued by this issue well audible.com has the perfect solution get audiobooks and listen to those books you've been meaning to read while on the go 
You could be sitting still, I assume, but you could also be on the go. At the gym, during your commute, Audible.com provides over 180,000 titles from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Their app is free, and it works on iPhones, iPad, Android, and yes, even Windows Phone. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 MP3 players, if you've got something that you call an MP3 player. And unlike a streaming or rental service with Audible, you own your books so you can access your books anytime and anywhere right from your smartphone. Audible.com has the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book you chose, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime, no questions asked. It will not uh, give you some kind of dressing down for choosing a different book. You know, I recently uh, listened to 112263, the Stephen King book. And, uh, you know, I had to listen to it. I couldn't read it. I just, there was no way that I was going to be able to multitask and get that book finished because it's pretty thick. It was an amazing experience. I highly recommend everybody takes a listen to it. Um, but it's great because I am, I really have this problem where cracking open a book is just something I never find the time for during the day. So listen, check it out. Just for listeners of tomorrow, audible.com is offering a free 30 day trial membership Go to audible.com slash tomorrow and start your free trial. Again, show your support for this show and me, little old me, and get a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash tomorrow. All right, we're back with Sylvia Killingsworth, <laughs> the uh, editor, soon-to-be editor-in-chief of the all current managing editor of the New Yorker current near former managing editor of the New Yorker. Um, anyhow, we were just talking about world of global affairs, world mm-hmm. affairs. Now it's obviously the New Yorker covers everything. And now mm-hmm. what I think is weird actually is that, you know, I've written a couple of things for the New Yorker for like about technology and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like every day they're doing essentially like news coverage right? yes. on the, on yep. the website. Mm-hmm. Um, now and I, analysis as well, you know, right. not just, of course news and, and it's more analysis it than is. anything. It's yeah. really like, no, they're not writing breaking news stories. Yeah, no. When's the last time the New Yorker covered something that was breaking news? When was the last time the New, New Yorker, Yorker was like breaking news? Jill Abramson. Scoops are different. I mean, like, they're not scooplets? like. Yeah, scooplets. But <sighs> anyhow, so now, like, how much of that will be, do you think that will be, like, part of the diet at the all? I mean, because it isn't really at this point. Not really. Yeah. I don't think it's a news site. It doesn't seem but you don't, like. But you'll want to, you'll want to do some analysis. You'll want to be. Yeah, sure. About the news I'll the talk day. about what's happening in the world. Yeah. Um, analyze it trump dissect it you'll discuss trump trump the trumpening do you think has there been yeah i was actually reading on the all today there's a great story about trump's um trump university mm. which apparently he says was a great business but it turns out not one not of a, his businesses business. has ever really been that great do you consider yourself a very political person no you don't uh i you don't have any you don't have strong political leanings or preferences not not hard strong no really um yeah really yeah that's interesting I feel like I should have known that about you, and yet I would have guessed that you had very strong... I feel like I'm, I try to just be reasonable, and that's the extent of it. Right. Uh-huh. But your reason tends to fall in the realm of Probably. Like <laughs> hardcore liberal, left-wing, Bleeding heart. near, no. near socialist <laughs> thought, right? There, you say? Emily Greenhouse did photograph me holding up a socialist newspaper yesterday uh, for proof of life. But uh, <laughs> a, that was Park Slope. So. socialist newspaper? Yes, a, a current what socialist. What is that? What is that? I don't know. It's called, I'll, I'll look up, I can look up the... Is your phone on airplane mode? It's on airplane mode, but I can still look up my photos. Okay, yeah, you can. 
Yeah. I didn't know there was any. There were any socialist newspapers. Well, in Park Slope in is a very different place. I feel like a newspaper is exactly what a socialist would do. Would publish. It's called the Socialist Alternative. So it's an alternative to regular socialism. Regular socialism. Yeah. If, if Alt social. If socialism, as you know, the sort of commonly accepted and broadly um, practiced socialism, is not your cup of tea, this is the publication for you. Yeah. And what was the point of holding it up? Uh, you know, for laughs, I guess. I'm so sure. anyhow, so your political leanings, sorry, I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm like, don't you, don't you fucking explain it. I don't care. <laughs> so anyhow, you, you don't have any strong political leanings. So you, I you mean, could be convinced to vote for Trump. No. You like his, you like some of his policy. No, I'd ideas? be worried that I, I, I worry that there might be people who would joke vote, troll vote for we, Trump. We were talking about this earlier. Trolling me, for Trump. Explain this to me. Tell me your thoughts. On I that. there there's clearly an entertainment factor at play. It seems like I mean I was how old was I when Schwarzenegger was running for? I guess I was in college, um, governor, governor. Yeah. yeah. I watched period that, of California's history. I watched that election from afar and was sort of like, we're not really people. We're that you're not really going to elect a. Yep. Okay. You are. Okay. You how, did it. How was he as governor? I don't know. Cause I didn't he's live in fine. California. He's fine. He's, he he's, fine, he's, right? he's quite moderate. He's quite moderate. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, Trump's probably gonna be the same thing. I for don't America. think Trump could ever be described as quite moderate in anything. I mean, he says very not moderate things, but then he seems like he actually has some fairly moderate things. I mean, look, it would be great if he were, uh, playing a big practical joke on us all. Um, but I don't think he is. Yeah. I mean, he is what and the, he isn't. What would, the, what would the practical joke be? What would the punchline of the joke be? Uh, like someone would jump out of his head and be like, psych, it's me just wearing a Donald Trump costume. Who would and, that be? Um, like Michelle Obama <laughs> or something. strange or really strange <laughs> practical joke. I Elizabeth like the, Warren. <laughs> but I feel like the practical joke would actually be more like, oh, you guys fell for it. The Republicans made me their nominee and actually I'm really moderate and not that conservative and... I don't know. Liberally, super social, uh, super uh, almost socialist, and I mean, he's he's yeah, he's I don't like know. basically I think pro. He's, he's pro like socialized healthcare, essentially, right? At least he stay, stated that. Yeah, he's like he's like pro Planned Parenthood, but not for the bad parts. And yeah, you're like, he's hmm. even the immigration stuff. He's like he's saying he's going to build the wall and he's going to deport. Did a bunch you see of people. the guy in the uh, what are those suits called? It's like not. It starts with a Z. A zoot suit? No, it's not a zoot suit. It's those weird, um, like onesie uh, outfits that are, cover you head to toe. Hazmat suit? No. <laughs> like something you wear at home or something. Zentai. For- zentai. I don't know what that is. What is a zentai? <laughs> You're gonna need to Google this. <laughs> really? Yes. No, don't make me Google it right now. Please. <laughs> okay, fine. Hold on. I'm gonna put my mic. Down okay. So there, Google there was it. someone at a Trump uh, either rally or press conference or speech giving situation uh maybe yesterday dressed up head to toe as the wall Zentai is that what it's called z-e-n-t-a-i oh zentai z-e-n-t-a-i one word a-i oh well i'm sure this one zentai chi that's not i think that's what it is zentai suit shop here we go oh brother <laughs> okay, I see. I see. I see what's happening here. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, if you ever watched oh, um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you'll be familiar with the guy in the green. Could you suit see through toe. these? Um, maybe. Depends on how. Is this a sex thing? Yeah, probably. It seems prob- like a sex thing. That's the wall. Thing. That's the wall one. No, oh, that's, no, that's, a, a that's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not not a sex thing, probably. 
There's a lot of videos. You could go really. You, you Ooh, could but go you can see through the heads of these. Like there's I have a way never to see, personally right? worn a Zentai suit. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Very, one very of the funny, one of the funnier. unusual. Please do yourself a favor if you're listening to this. <laughs> you do not know what is it. See, I've seen these before, but I didn't know they had like a name. I thought this was just uh, some weird costume. There's um, a really great YouTube Z-N-T-A-I, video. Z-N-T-A-I, one word. Please suit. do yourself a favor and. Suit yourself. Suit yourself. <laughs> These are bizarre. They're extremely bizarre. One of the funniest I've ever seen on Video Gum was just a link to a YouTube video called like something surprise. And it was a guy in a Zentai suit and he like unzipped the suit and underneath it, he was wearing another of course, suit. Sorry of course. for ruining the surprise. Yeah. Wait a <laughs> Spoiler alert. Don't it, was, night- it was definitely a sex a thing. Zentai video. This is all at 100% sex related. There's no way that anybody's putting on a Zentai I mean, suit on. Everything is in a way, right? No, everything is not 100% sex related. <laughs> I can Disagree. think of some things right now that are not sex related. Disagree. Try me. Peeps. Um, Easter. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> Candy, what, let's see where this leads. Bunnies. Springtime. Oh, bunnies. Fu- bunnies. You know, fucking like yeah. rabbits. That's a sex thing. Yep. But you had to go really far. I Not think. really. That was like four steps. <sighs> anyhow, Sylvia, let's get back to the <laughs> Sorry. On, to, on topic. On topic. Um, anyhow, what were we talking about? Trump. Oh, you're saying there was yeah. a guy at a Trump there rally was a guy in a suit, suit. Being the wall, the wall. The human wall. So yeah. it was all bricks? Yeah. Except was it was ejected? white bricks. Was he ejected? Um, no, I don't think so. I think he was, but the thing about the wall is he's saying, well, it's like, you know, yeah, we'll send them out, but then we'll let them come back in the good ones, which the is non-rapists, yeah, the non-rapists, which we know is only about, I mean, who knows yeah. what's more tiny rounding percentage. error percentage of all of the illegals who are in America. Illegals. I hate it. It's such a, it's such it's a nasty, very, very bad it's I mean, to say that I mean, the new, the new thing with Trump is that he's he's created an incredible like he's a lightning rod for racists in this country. Mm. But doesn't it seem like call me crazy and maybe you will. Doesn't it seem like the Republican Party has become increasingly uh, right, increasingly hard right nationalist Tea Party religious um, tea yes, party. the Tea Party, but but isn't it also that it just seems like common sense and society is moving towards a generally more liberal, certainly moderate. Sure, yeah, if you follow like Supreme Court decisions over the last forty years, yeah, in other countries as well, not just. Yeah. In, I mean, obviously, you know, the Middle East and other areas of the Middle East and places, notwithstanding, but like you know, in in Europe, obviously, you mm-hmm. know, there's sort of widespread adoption of many things that we would consider to be liberal socialist policies, right? right? Yeah. And it seems like here in America, I mean, Canada certainly this is the case, but it seems like in America. We are, you know, it's not like, I don't even think this is a a political question at this point, right? It's like, it seems like as a species, we are gravitating towards certain ways of, I've talked about this before in the podcast. Mm, mm. So what I think is odd is that the the Republican party isn't like, oh, wow, look at how, um, look at how racist Republicans have become. It's like Republicans, it's like the idea of, of a Republican is getting, uh, less and less clear like what that actually means yeah yeah i think the republican party is having a major uh identity crisis yeah what do you uh, think started the identity crisis uh do you think it was being out of step with modern modernity because <laughs> that's what i actually think happened is that like yeah, i think the, like, like, i think the, like 30 the years ago the sort of evangelical tea party yeah. you know whatever you want to call it fringe splinter sort of thing 
But you can only have so many gay relatives before you're like, oh, I think some of the things I think are just wrong. Yeah. Right? Like, like because every Republican, Tea Party or otherwise, has somebody in their family who's gay. And at some point, you know, you, there's like enough like just regular gay people hanging around. You're like, well, right. maybe all the stuff I thought about gay people can't be right because like my family's full of them. But I think you're underestimating people's ability to sort of, uh, you know, uh, make excuses for things and find <laughs> uh, reasons why they're why they're their opinions are correct. I guess that's possible, but uh, it definitely seems like the a concept of a moderate Republican party is um, like, it's like increasingly in the rear view mirror. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's just what you have with polarization. The, the two opposites get so far apart from each other. And But has the, le- has the left wing gotten more extreme? I don't think it has. Do you the- think that we would have had a, like a self called, so like self-stated socialist Democrat, uh, in the 2004 election? No, but I also think that lots of, there are lots of really interesting, very colorful candidates in the, in the primaries mm. who don't end up being the, the Naders. Yeah. I think if Bernie Sanders becomes the nominee for the Democrats, which, which it seems, won't. it seems increasingly unlikely that that's going to happen. Like, just on a pure math standpoint. And, and the reality is that he's really not that well known in most of the country. I mean, he's, yeah. he's really well known on the coasts. I, I think that's We're, not that uncommon. Yeah. I mean, Ralph Nader got, you know, a percentage of the vote. I mean, a bunch of people, but an extreme, way more extreme than Bernie Sanders. He makes Bernie, sure. Sa- he makes Bernie Sanders look right, like Donald Trump. Right, but he was Trump. never actually reasonably electable. I no, think, neither in, Bernie in, Sanders. Yeah. Well, um, I think he had a much if he closer, got the nomination. Got if he got the nomination, I think there's a very, very. It's very hard to imagine Bernie Sanders being elected in this country. Yeah, even by even. I think there are a lot of Democrats who would just be like, "This guy's too extreme." Also, we can't discount what I believe is the latent but ready to be unleashed uh, rampant anti-Semitism of many people in America. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand that. I, I don't think this is like, we talk a lot about Israel. Like people, people <laughs> in our government talk a lot about Israel and how much they love it. Yeah. I don't think our country has demonstrated like a great love and support of like actual Jewish people yes. in the country. You know, that's just my opinion. Having been uh, a Jewish person, a Jewish person. in America. <laughs> Must have been hard for you. It's been a struggle. It's been my struggle, really, uh, and uh, it's been tough. You know, you should write a six volume. Uh, there were times. There were times. I'm thinking about just a single volume, uh, but there were times when I thought I couldn't make it in this in this world. But you persevered. I persevered, and now look at me. I've got Not you, ever. I've got gonna, you. you could never be elected president. I could never be elected. Nobody would ever elect Josh Topolsky president. I can tell you that. <laughs> Not just because of my rampant drug abuse, but also because of my name. Nobody could pronounce this name. Nobody wants to. I will say this: when when Obama was running originally, I was like, "Listen, this guy seems yeah. great." I remember talking to Laura. I'm like, let's this guy about, seems great. Wait, let's talk about our like our nation was seized for like two years by the like weird compulsion to say Osama when we said, when everyone did it, it wasn't just, did I just say like, that? Did I say Osama? No, but I, I'm fascinated by this Never thing that everyone always was like, would, well, would slip up and well, make the names this are very gaff. similar. Sure. Okay. For the first time ever in the history of America, there was a guy who we talked about all the time named yes. Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Nobody had ever said the name Osama right. in their entire fucking yeah. life. Then like a year later, no, like two years, how many years? Like, it's, it's like four like, years later or eight years later. Suddenly we have a candidate for president whose name is Obama. It's what is one letter difference, right? Yes. Okay. It's, that's assonance. It's called assonance. 
It's, it's, it's a kind of rhyme. It's a kind of internal rhyme. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not. It doesn't <laughs> have to cool. do with. Look at that. There's a little like New Yorker factoid here. <laughs> um, well, there's a little bit maybe of consonants, it's a Sylvia, too. Maybe it's a Sylvia factoid. Yeah. Actually, I think factoids are lies, so we shouldn't call them that. But um, I think the, the, the definition of factoid is that it's, it's sort like a of lie. rhymes, basically, is what you're saying. They yeah, sound uh, very well, similar. they are also but spelled, how, this, they're but spelled exactly the same, but for one. Right, but, right, but what a prophetic. I think mistake, right? Well, I, guess, but I, I, because I, I wonder, now one of the main things that we will remember Obama for is taking out Osama. Yeah. Yeah. Also, but also, but remember because of the similar, I mean, because his name is you know, Barack Hussein Obama. Which oh, is, Hussein. I mean, it's yeah. insane. That's yeah, actually, you talk about more insane. We have spent, we had spent 20 years in this country Saddam. talking about Saddam Hussein. Although, and how he's like isn't the, there something really weird about the fact that we called him Saddam and not Hussein? Well, Saddam was like our, was our like kind of, um, our, right. our like conversational approach to that's like, that's, that's a Bushism, right? I mean, that's like a Bush mm-hmm, thing where it's mm-hmm. like, you wouldn't call him like Mr. Hussein or president Hussein. You call him like Saddam. Cause it's yeah. sort of like a belittling way to, well, yeah. You know, it's also, like calling George it also Bush, has a it's like calling president Bush, George f- faux rhyme with another word. That's bad. Don't say it. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Nope. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. At any rate, uh, what I think is strange yeah, it's kind of crazy, actually, that we have this like evil dictator mm-hmm. named Saddam Hussein, and that we have a you know, it, not that there's any relationship, except that I, what I do think it did mm-hmm. is in the minds of Americans, it certainly normalized the idea that those words were in our, those were in the vocabulary, yeah. that they were part of our conversation. Right. That like Osama and Obama, while obviously have dramatically different meanings, connotations, right? Yeah. right, connotations. Uh, it was much, I think, much easier for us to go like, okay, this guy's name is uh, right. Barack Obama. So okay, then, how I do you explain it. Bernie sandwiches, Chris Hayes? I don't. I think. I think Chris Hayes. He was just hungry. I think Chris Hayes was thinking about. He's like, I'm a bit on the fucking campaign trail for two weeks straight now. <laughs> I'm like broadcasting from Iowa, where the fuck he was, and he's starving. Probably somebody off camera had a sandwich. You know, his producer's eating a tuna sandwich behind him. Right. He's dying. Bernie sandwiches. But it, there's something also about the way he, he said sandwiches. He didn't say sandwiches. <laughs> I did. Has this been highly... Sanders. Has, has this been highly analyzed? In like, my brain it has. I don't really know. <laughs> Bernie sandwiches? Did they... Did they I now, love a nice this, Did the Sanders campaign make Bernie sandwich shirts? Bernie sandwiches? Because I would. They should make a sandwich. No, that's like, but Colbert had a, had a good bit. What would, a Bernie, what would be on a Bernie sandwich? Something spicy. Something spicy. That's racist <laughs> and anti-Semitic. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Speaking of, did you see the video I put on Facebook the other day? I didn't personally it's an watch ad it. I, for I saw that it was some like place a- in Scarsdale called Ben's. And the guy at the beginning is like, Ben's corned beef is so good. You'd think they were Irish. Then he's like, you don't have to be Jewish to like it. This is a local mm. commercial. It's like, first off, I think you sound like weirdly racist twice in the span of like five seconds. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> He's also like an old crazy person. Anyhow, getting back on topic. Mm-hmm. So on the on the Bernie sandwich, I think you would have, um, I think if there'd be something spicy, you know, feel the burn. Feel the, yeah, the burn. Right, so maybe some jalapenos. Yeah, or what are those things called? Banana, pe- are let's those say spicy? Corn, let's say there's corned beef on it, okay? For the sake Whoa. of the argument. <laughs> could be Irish, could What did be you say? Well, you said corned beef, did you? No, I, well, I was saying banana peppers, but no, no, no. Before that, when you were being racist, <laughs> what did well, you say? what's on a Reuben? I think it's corned beef. Is it? Or it's pastrami? Yeah. Uh, no, corned beef. Mm. I think it can be either. Could could be. Here's what I think it would be. It's whatever you want it to I'm be. I'm a little hungry now, so here's what I would like. On here's it, what I'd probably. like it to be. What's, what kind of cheese is most like Bernie? What's something that is socialist cheese? White. <laughs> white. <laughs> uh, doesn't melt that easy. 
Hmm. Um, aged, aged. It needs to be an age. Feta? It's like an aged white cheddar. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Huh? Mm, yeah. Aged white cheddar, just like Bernie, aged and white. Aged and white. Uh, and uh, so unpredictable. So right now we have jalapenos and cheddar cheese. Yep. What kind of bread are we talking? We're, oh, it's got to be Jewish rye, right? Uh, Jewish could rye. Do. What could go on there instead of Kaiser roll? Huh? Kaiser roll. Really? Isn't that a German roll? Oh, you know. Not cool. Not cool. <laughs> Here's what I think about Bernie. I think that a lot of people in the South think that he's like a Sanders, like Colonel Sanders. I think people that heard the name that didn't know. Again, with name associations, they're very strong. You Don't know? you think, though? Like Extremely. Sanders, I'm not like, oh, that guy must be Jewish. You know Bernie, what disturbs obviously. me is that KFC, KFC is still running commercials with a Colonel Sanders character in them. Yeah, it's Chris Parnell. Is the, isn't he the... Yeah. Or they have a new guy or, now? There's um, a new guy? I just find it weird given that he just died a few years ago. No, too. he died a long time ago, didn't, didn't he? he? Oh, maybe it was just the previous actor. When's the last time you had KFC? <laughs> uh, probably 24. Some years ago? 20 some years ago. I think about 15 years ago, maybe 16 years ago. Now, it was longer than that. It might have been 20 years ago. A friend of mine, a guy named Damien, we were good friends back then. Not he now. was like, he was like, I, I mean, we fell out of touch. He's a, he's a well known DJ named Diesel Boy. Have you ever heard of him? No. Uh, he's like, he plays drum and bass music. Uh, anyhow, uh, we were buddies, and he was like, one day, he was like, we should get, um, bucket of KFC. Chase. like, when's the last time you had a bucket of KFC? And I was like, I, I don't know. It's been, As a reminder of it's why been you years. And this is like one. 20 years ago. I mean, it's probably about 20 oh, years ago. Oh, well, the, hold on. I just remembered I had a double down once like five years ago. I had a double down. We all did. Yes. And it was pretty good. Brilliant marketing strategy somehow getting no. us all to eat the grossest, weirdest thing. No, it's Earth. a great, it was, the, the idea was it was uh, two pieces of chicken as the, as the bread. Yeah. And then in between it was bacon. Yeah. And, and cheese. cheese. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I was like, no, I haven't had one in a long time. And we went to get like a 20 piece bucket. bucket. Never felt sicker. Yep. Never felt sicker that after yep. you eat a few pieces of that bucket. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying KFC is not good if you like chicken, but. I wouldn't get a bucket. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And of course I don't eat chicken now, so it's not no. a problem. Not a great story. Not one of my best stories, not but I will say a ones. lesson to be learned there. And getting back to the Bernie sandwich. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's on it. I'm thinking it's Jewish rye. There's some jalapenos. There's white aged white cheese of some type. Cheddar mm-hmm. is, would be my choice. Tomato. Hmm. Does Bernie seem like a kind of guy that would hate tomatoes? He could. Do you know what's the funniest Twitter account? Bernie Thoughts. Oh, Bernie Thoughts is great. Bernie Thoughts is great. I hate great. all these new parody accounts like the Kylo Ren no. one is so stupid, but Bernie Thoughts. Bernie Thoughts is brilliant. <laughs> it's really I thought good. I, I thought I was against parody accounts yeah, and until somehow saw, this one until really you saw turned Thoughts. me. Yeah. There's some really good ones on there. I recommend you check it out at Bernie Thoughts on Twitter. Yep. Um, okay. So anyhow, getting back to what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about the normalization of weird names, mm-hmm. but the fact that, that, that Sanders, I think does not register it and doesn't. I, and yeah. I do think that a lot of voters, if they were like, oh, this is a Jewish guy from Queens, right. an old Jewish guy from Queens might have a different take on him. Right. But anyhow, it doesn't seem to matter. Reminds me of that scene in um, Wet Hot American Summer. What scene is that? Eisenberg, Steen, Rosen. <laughs> I don't know. Do you not remember this? I don't remember this. It sounds. They're like, calling the names of the campers oh, and they're just. They're just calling. They're Jew- just riffing on random Jewish, Jewish names. Uh, I see. Yeah. Well, we live in a bubble. We live in a, in a bubble here in New York. We do. Uh, you know, people don't realize that. Uh, actually, Pittsburgh has a very large Jewish population, so people probably love. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of Bernie Sanders fans there. Um, I'm not saying that they're voting with their religion, but a lot of people do. Some people look, consider look socialism a, resi- a religion. 
<laughs> Some people do. Some there are people. a lot of so- atheists. Socialist. That's the interesting thing. Sure. You know, my great aunt was a was a socialist, uh, hardcore socialist. A lot of my family was, obviously. Um, I mean, Bernie isn't. Well, he's not a hardcore. He's not socialist. A hardcore, yeah, he's a socialist he's a, Democrat. Democrat, democratic socialist. Is that what he calls himself? I don't know. I never know when you're supposed to use which one and the 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 adjective. Either. Anyhow, he's not going to be president. He's unelectable in this country. I think he's less electable than. Hey, is than, Ben Carson still in the race? Ben Carson's out. Officially, or he's did, out. Did you not watch the last debate? No, I think he's officially out. No, no, he out wasn't now. at the debate because he was like, "I think I might be." No, no I think it's official now. I didn't get a New York Times alert about it, so I don't think it's real. Oh, is that the only way you know for yeah. sure? Yeah. What about a Guardian alert? Hmm. He's paused his campaign. I think is what's happening. Well, they all have to pause it for financial reasons. You have to say suspending. What about Jeb? Is he? Do you think he'll just pop back in? Um, apparently Jeb merch is on sale on his website right now. So what does that mean? Like you mean it's, it's like discounted? 50% off like Jeb stuff that says Jeb 2016. They're probably selling it. quite a bit of it. Now's the time to Now's get Jeb time. here. Yeah. First off it's discounted. For this the is next like, time. This is like the week after Christmas. <laughs> you can get all your Christmas lights. Do you think he would run again? I don't think Jeb ever wanted to run in the first place. I agree. I think that Jeb was forced to run by his party and by his family. He looked like a guy. First off. He loves his mom. My hope is he doesn't run again because he seems horrible. He's not a good candidate uh, in terms of his policies. I mean, I don't think he's a good guy or anything. I'm not like, oh, Jeb had great. But, you know, of course, he seems very sane and moderate by Mm. comparison to Mm -hmm. the rest of the people who are running. I mean, Rubio and Cruz are no dream boats, you know. (laughs) I mean, they're not. They're bad guys. They're bad people with bad policies. You know, they're like, I hate the idea of gays getting married. I mean, that's the kind of shit they say, yeah. right? They're yeah. like, I would repeal that, you know, Supreme Court ruling right. on gay marriage. It's like, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. Like, you're just a bad person. Like, that's all there is to it. Like, I have, I don't give a shit, really, if, like, you've well, got I think a, what you're telling me is that you might, you if you were pushed into a corner, you might vote for Trump. I would vote for, I think I would have to say I like Trump better than Rubio or Cruz. I, but they're all yeah. horrible people. They're all rotten, rotten people who should not be running the country. The latest threat I've heard people talking about is, um, you know, the idea that we deserve Trump. Like we we did this to ourselves and well, this the, is the American we've created. The Republican Party certainly deserves him. I mean, they definitely created this. They definitely let the inmates run the asylum. Mm. And when you let the inmates run the asylum, you get a crazy person as the leader. <laughs> and I think, you know, this is like this is like when uh, Bain when Bain shuts down uh, Gotham City and mm. they have uh, they have uh, the scarecrow holding. Uh, you know, holding court. Yeah. You remember that from, what is God. that movie? Dark Knight Rises? That's a ridiculous, hey, when does, uh, the other one, what, Batman ridiculous movie. The Ben Superman. Affleck Batman. Soon. Did you see the yeah, latest trailer? I did. Looks kind of silly to me. Yeah. I do think Ben Affleck makes a good Batman though. I hate to say it. Uh, do you, do we get to see the tattoo in the new movie? Do you know about the tattoo? Yes. Yeah, so apparently Ben Affleck has a large Phoenix rising from the ashes tattoo all over his back, a whole back piece. And Jennifer Garner, his are they divorced yet? Yes, uh, or in I the think process? so. Separated think so. his yeah. wife that he separated. She's on from, the cover of Vanity Fair this who he month. He cheated on with with his nanny. Just catching you up. If you haven't read Us Weekly recently, I'm just catching or everybody up. NY Mag or New York Magazine. You can read about our he, obsession with nannies. He has. He has. Uh, anyhow, he got this big back piece. Jennifer Garner was giving him shit about it. But I think like if you get a phoenix rise from the ashes on your back. You are, you're cliche, asking for it. Kind of a cliche. It's extremely cliche. Not to diss anybody who's listening who has a phoenix rising from the ashes on their back. Because if you're listening to it this and you have It would be way cooler if the phoenix were like crashing into the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a little bit more contrarian. It's like, get me back in there. Why are the phoenix <laughs> be going back into the ashes? I, you know, just to be different. 
that's, it would be cool. It would be a cool statement. People would be confused by that. Yeah. They'd be like, what does he mean? If you're going to go like full, yeah. do the whole back, like do something weird. Don't, I gotta don't say, be as predictable as that. I got to say, like, I feel kind of bad for Ben. Mm, I think Ben's fine. You really? Yep. But he got that tattoo. It can't be all good. Well, something you know. Something broken inside Ben. Something broken a little bit inside of all of us. Yes, but, inside of yeah. all of us, but we don't all get huge back pieces right, right after Right, but we're all divorce. not so reckless and rich and I guess not. successful. I guess that's true. Um, anyhow, so Ben Affleck is the bat is the new Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who, Henry, Henry, oh, Henry Cavill. Cavill. Is that it? Ca- He's Cav- British. Cav- I know. I've never heard him speak Wild. with a British accent until the Oscars. I think it was the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I, I remember your it, tweet. I found it very upsetting. Did you it's, see Did you see Man of Steel? Yes, I did twice. Twice. I know. Isn't that wild? In the theater? No. In, Once in, in the front theater? of a laptop. You I watch don't it. think I saw it in the theater. You watch it two times in a row? No. Why did you see it twice? You like it that much? It was entertaining in a kind of weird way. I, I don't think it was a very good movie. No. No. Uh, uh, it's better than a lot of uh, it's better than a lot of superhero movies. It's not movies, actively bad, but it's not great. People were very upset because um, Superman seems very dark in it. Moody. He's a bad. He's like a. He's guy, like a he's troubled. troubled. He's a troubled yeah. guy. Well, I, like I mean, that. I think that makes sense. I think the I think the modern depiction of uh, of uh, superheroes that they're very troubled people. Well, Batman was always kind Batman's of Batman's very troubled. Yeah, Batman's openly the, troubled. No, but Batman is the is the kind of the first real modern superhero that we had. I mean, Batman is sort of the dawn man, man with emotions. He's the dawn of the of the very sort of like. Um, there's actually, uh, you know, there's an article in New York Magazine actually about Stan Lee. It talks a little bit about this sort of, um, not that he didn't create Batman, but Mm-mm. but it talks about this sort of evolution of superheroes from these guys who were like sort of could do no wrong. Right. To like. To Archer. To to very, <laughs> is that, what is, oh, Archer. Yeah. The, the, I, I don't watch Archer, so I don't know much about it. It doesn't seem interesting to me. I don't know why people like it's Archer. It's funny. I don't know that is it's it? interesting. Yeah. it's But it's like, that's the, the sort of end point of darkness and. Uh, I guess maybe. But the idea is that, you know, before there was a period when superheroes just, they were just like, like Superman's actually a good example of this Mm -hmm. kind of guy. He's like, I mean, yeah, he's got a little bit. I mean, he's called Superman. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor guy. I mean, he's uh, (laughs) invincible. That's a lot to live up to. Invincible and immortal. Is he immortal? We don't know. Does Superman age? No. Oh, immortal? Immortal and aging are not exactly the same. Do they age slowly? Well, <laughs> Superman? No, yes. Does Superman age slowly? <laughs> I wonder if anybody knows. Um, but anyhow, the point is that that Batman, you know, I mean, his story is really insane. Like, he's not even a, he doesn't even have any superpowers. Hmm. I mean, Batman mm-hmm. is just a guy who's just a guy were, with a cool car. His parents were murdered, and then he, has, an he decided to to become a vigilante. Yeah, to to avenge their deaths, mm-hmm. and he just like got really good at fighting. Fighting. Yeah, I'm looking get, at this. Uh, he's really good. At, I have a Batman. I have a Batman. A bust of Batman in here. That was a gift from Katie Natopoulos. Oh wow! Good she gift. used to work at Warner Brothers, and uh, they would like throw, just leave. They would like throw around? stuff out. And they'd be like, "Does anybody want this wow. Batman hood?" And she said, "I know just She's the. Like, I know just the guy to give it just to. Just the Topolsky. Yeah, and here it is. <laughs> at any rate, uh, how do we get on comic books? Uh, oh, we were saying, you were asking me when the new movie's out. Oh, yeah, because we were talking about Ben Affleck. About, because I was talking we about talking how we, about... we end up with Scarecrow holding trials. Yes. Because yeah. what? how did I get on that topic? Mm. There's something about the inmates oh, running the deserve, asylum. Yeah, do we deserve Trump? We deserve Trump. Do we deserve it's Trump? pretty bleak. Well, we don't deserve Trump. We voted for sane people. We wanted sane people to run the well, country. Well, we haven't voted yet. 
But yeah. No, but I'm saying in the past. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know who you voted for. Maybe you love George W. Bush. I, you know, I don't. But he, but I mean, you know, the, to the people who have been voting for Republicans like George right. W. Bush, I think this is the natural progression from like, you know, you let the Tea Party take it first. You let right. evangelicals take over. Who rule? I'm, I mean, with I'm like, a little bit annoyed that that the the Republicans in the Senate are trying to say that I didn't vote for. You know, I, I voted for. Obama and I think he should be able to nominate the next um, Supreme Court justice, and they're going to. Well, he block hasn't him. tried to nominate anybody, but he's yet. going to. And the Republican- for them to say, well, well, let's let's just wait for the next guy. It's sort of like I mean, we, the Republican we empower Party, him too. The Republican Party is one hundred percent corrupt. I mean, almost one hundred percent corrupt. I mean, what they've done to the government in the last eight years and the previous eight years is completely. I mean, is is I mean, when the history books. When this is written, it's less up. corruption and more just like negligence. They're sort of like well, not no, no, but they're doing but they're crim- it's criminal negligence. I yes. mean, they are they are they're not a party that is interested in like the betterment of the lives of the citizens of this country. They're a party that's interested in control of the country, and like they exercise their their uh, desire for control by being obstructionist to right in anybody an ironic way because they they don't want government to be big and controlling but they still want to have yeah, a certain a new, kind that's, of weird that's control. bullshit that's a new that's a new idea that is a that is like that's a, just a sound a sound bite i think i mean it's also but it's also like a part of the libertarian push into the republican party it's right. part of i mean it's certainly like I, there is you know a thread from the religious and evangelical school of thought to you know keep out of our business government but it's like right. when the government gets in people's businesses like when the government does what it is supposed to do like right? mm-hmm. otherwise we would have anarchy i mean the reality is like people would be starving in, in the streets which they are now anyhow and we would have like a completely a- more anarchy there would be there would be more anarchy yeah right and this is the thing that is it's is bewildering to me when you see the republican candidates get up <laughs> and they're like they like, let's get rid of the EPA and the FDA. And like, it's like, why do you want to be fucking president? Like you want to run, chaos. you want to run this huge body that has to govern everything. It's like, why don't you go, just go build a shack somewhere. Just go, well, they can't because the government keeps taking their land. No. Yeah. I don't think we should look, I honestly, like, I feel like we should be way more of a, of a socialist country. Like Sweden. I mean, I don't know all of Sweden's, you know, I know I of course had, I have a good friend, Magnus, who's Swedish. R.I.P. Magnus. R.I.P. Magnus. It's really sad about Magnus. You know, and so that gives me a pause, that gives me pause when I think about his, uh, his personality, what Mm. I want that, what I want Magnus's to be created across Mm -hmm. the country. It's a scary idea, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, there's, look, there's good, I think in Sweden, there are great policies that we could, you know, rip off, but I just do think, I just do think like we should have more government intervention in many areas. You know, mm-hmm. good government intervention, mm-hmm. not bad yeah, government yeah. intervention. I mean, I think regulation, for example, I just don't think there should be a single child in America who starves. I agree. I mean, I just think it's outrageous. And I think that that somebody should just say, hey, super rich people, guess what? We're going to take some more of your money mm-hmm. because they're, if, as long as there's one kid who doesn't have any food. Yeah. Like it's not acceptable because that's not the way America, sh- that's not the way we should run a country. Yeah. You know, and it sucks. Like if I get it, it sucks if you're a billionaire and like you have today, you have like $16 billion and then tomorrow you only have 15 and a half billion really dollars. I mean, that must suck. But like, I feel like <laughs> it, this thing is probably not that bad ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. Whatever happened to all of uh, Mark Zuckerberg's money that went to Newark? Uh, I don't know. But Zuckerberg, he's ready to give his money to an LLC that he's established. Mm-hmm. In the name of his daughter, mm-hmm. which will be redistributed somehow back to back Mark Zuckerberg, to, yeah. I, I suspect. What, yeah, but I like what, Zuckerberg. What He's gotten intention? really righteous lately. Well, have you yeah. noticed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like yelling at people about all lives matter. 
Sure. Yeah. He was I mean, reprimanding Mark Andreessen for um, not understanding. Call, how long? Uh, how long was uh, Mark Andreessen's Twitter hiatus? Like four days. It was long enough. You could really feel it. You could really feel. <laughs> you really it. sense it. In the- I like Mark. He's actually a really smart guy, and I think that a really you know sweet sweet dude. But uh, I don't think that was a good move. <laughs> pro pro. He's an important. I think he's an important voice to have around. I think he's an important voice to have around too. I just think. Um, I just think if you're going to talk about colonialism, you should really, really <laughs> be very, very, you should be careful. very careful, but also you should know what the fuck you're talking about. I think that's the main, that's like, like that's you're like not going to hear me talk a lot about it. Yeah. Cause I don't really know. Stay away. I don't know. I could be like, I might have a very unpopular opinion. Yeah. I well, want more of it. Isn't that what Twitter's <laughs> for? Unpopular opinions? I think it is. I, th- I don't know what Twitter is for. It's for rage. Um, for rage. Has Twitter. So you wrote a post for newyorker.com about how Twitter was or was not and should or should not change. Yeah. How I wrote, I wrote a a piece. Can I just say, I wrote a piece about the problems that I saw with Twitter Yeah, and how easy it might be for their position to be assailed by a competitor due to those problems because of those problems. Do you see any competitor? Then a headline was put on it. That was a little more inflammatory, (laughs) which I actually don't mind. I don't mind the headline, but the headline was the end of Twitter, which is like, I wasn't saying like Twitter was dead, but I was saying that Twitter could could be killed. Well, no, but you, you you were talking about the hypothetical end of Twitter or, you know, yeah, but all platforms, all platforms will die. I mean, my, my opinion is Twitter is going to die. Facebook is going to die. Like all Mm, of them, Snapchat, mm, Snapchat mm -hmm. will not be forever. These are not like forever. Are you saying peach won't be around forever? Uh, I've still peach, never tried peach. Peach is the emergent, the hot emergent technology. It's like the Snapchat of. So, I don't know. Peach is weird. Peach is weird. It's like Snapchat, but like it's like if Snapchat. Wait, so what does it look like? Wait, till, I want to go back to this this Facebook and Twitter oh, dying yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, really intrigued yeah. by that. Well, they'll be replaced. It's not exactly like I had I had somebody on the podcast, John Gruber, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and during I was Fireball. Like, yeah, during Fireball, and did he write about you? He, he did, wrote about I know. you. Yeah, which is <laughs> I was very cool. He's aware. He's hip. He's hip to your your stuff. Um. We talked about, I said, like, the thing to think about with with platforms is not, like, what, it's, like, um, people think, like, it'll die. I think the question is to think is, like, what will what would replace it? What's the last, yeah, well, so what's the last technology that really died? Like, and, well, and, and think, let's talk more broadly, or platforms, or whatever. So, like, I mean, you, you know, I work at a print magazine. Do we think that there will always be how's, print How's Tumblr magazines? doing? How's Tumblr doing? It's not doing well. It's doing very poorly. No. Uh, MySpace obviously died. That's an easy one. Oh, there were a whole rash of early social networks, sure, right? Sure, sure. Um, I mean, other ones come and take their place, but there is there anything that's like obsolete or do we just find other ways to do the things that we want? I think generally we find other ways. And is there something about the newer versions, the newer platforms like Snapchat and Peach that says something about what we want out of our yes, communication? Yes, Snapchat. I mean, there's just a story that Quartz published a few weeks ago or maybe two weeks ago, um, that said, and this is well, sort of well established, that teens do not like to use Facebook. They're not interested in it. They don't use Twitter. They're no. interested in Snapchat and Instagram. Yeah. They're particularly interested in Snapchat because um, it's ephemeral. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it doesn't go on your permanent record. Mm-hmm. It's a completely, it's a, it's a one-to-one. It's much more like, you know, it's a much more personal way yeah. of communicating. And I think that like, as we, as this whole, as our whole um, experience and understanding of technology sort of, grows and matures i do think that we are i think that like facebook and twitter and a lot of platforms that we currently live with are like products of you know a very recent a very recent set of innovations in technology Mm -hmm. that are are also rapidly changing and and evolving right and And but what's their through line is it just all some kind of communication 
Well, this is that's a thing. Like, like so, chat apps are becoming like yeah, you know, WhatsApp, yeah, and WhatsApp, WeChat yep. are becoming very, very popular. Yeah, and this is a very different form of communication. It's like it's social, sort of when you Isn't want that it to peaches be. Peaches too. It's sort of it's like peaches. Emoji, peaches has a peach emojis. has kind of a quasi feed. It has a quasi like commenting, like you can comment on yeah, people's um, posts. People's- there is, I think, a peach chat piece yeah. of it that's coming, or that it maybe is in some beta uh-huh. versions of it. Oh, like Snapchat. Peach is like kind yeah. of an amalgam of all these different. It's like a little bit of Snapchat, a little bit of Twitter, yeah, a little bit of Facebook, right? A little bit of. Um, it almost seems it's also like a little bit of the like Venmo news feed. <laughs> yes, it in is because there's like there's all these like uh, what's interesting about Peach is that there are all these variables of like behavior. Yeah, you can say like this is the temperature where I am right now, or this is the right. sound level in the room, or yeah. I'm listening to this song, Something about or like I'm here's doing. a drawing, yeah. or like here's a gift. It's actually really interesting what you can do with it because you get it the form of the posts. Yeah. are not fixed. Whereas yeah. like Twitter, it's More like free, a bunch yeah. of words and a, a link or a yeah. picture or a video yeah. or whatever. And like Vine is like a video and right. Instagram's a picture. Facebook is like freeform, but it's very limited in yeah. what you can yeah. do. Like it doesn't feel like you have any flexibility. Right. Whereas Peach is very like malleable and weird sure, and sure. open. Yeah. Much like Snapchat. The Snapchat's very fixed because it's so fixated mm-hmm. on like images. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about Peach uh, and maybe some other sort of little apps like this is that remember on Silicon Valley, I think it was in the first season where there, or maybe the second season where the guy developed an app called like Bro or something. I don't watch it, like, it, but. They, and the whole point of the app was just to say bro to each other. And that's like, all that there like was. Yo. Like bro. Yeah. Was like yo. And these, I mean, these are remember real yo? things. Like, yeah. 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 yeah right. No, exactly. It was before yo, I think. No, it couldn't have been. Mm, it definitely wasn't before. Maybe yeah. not. It was after. In yeah. any case, it was basically a parody of an app, but it was basically a real app. Right. And Did they make I it was fascinating. Uh, well, no, they should the, have. But this is the thing. I mean, I think that, uh, look, Facebook and Twitter will be dominant for a long time. Instagram will be dominant for a long time. But I think that, um, generally speaking, the more Facebook tries to be a closed system and the more Twitter tries to be a closed system, the less useful it will be. And I mean, closed yeah, system yeah. in the way that, like, Facebook and Twitter now don't just want to be well. The, like what they want is network. impossible. They want to be your everything. They do. Facebook would would most like. I mean, based on their based on their um, development of the product and their acquisitions, you would think that Facebook would most like to be the internet. And in fact, some of the things they're yeah. doing in other countries totally. suggest that they actually want to be like right. the proper internet yeah. for those yeah. for those countries. And I think that like I, I think would think that Facebook at this point would be investing in like how to bring internet to. They remote are. places. That's what they're yeah, doing. They're literally doing they that. have yeah. They have a pretty major project yeah. that they're doing that is exactly that. Yeah. Where it's like, and they're also doing deals with carriers where they'll say, I mean, India just right. rejected this. That's actually what Mark Andreessen was talking about. Yeah. It's like they're doing deals with carriers that say, like, hey, we'll give you free services, but it's got to be like through Facebook, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that so like Facebook wants to be the internet, but like if you look at the tool that is probably the most useful and has been the has had the largest impact on the way that we communicate in like the digital age. Mm-hmm. But that tool is Google and it is search. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the what's interesting about search is that it's express purpose, Google's purpose. Now it has changed a little bit because there's been some like sort of land grabs yeah. in other areas. But there, the express purpose of search is to take you away from the thing that you're using. It's not to yeah. keep you inside right. of it. Right. It is like they don't want you it to is leave an information the... finding tool, right? It's like yeah. I need a thing. How can I get to it? Here's how you can get right. to it, right? And I think that what's like really... I mean, I think I, it would be a very depressing future for us if we went to um, systems that were the goal Close, of the system yeah. was to keep you inside of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's a really dangerous place for us to be. And I, but I think as humans, we don't 
that is not our well, preference. It's an interesting sort of duality to hold in your mind at the same time, the idea that you want to keep someone in one place at the whole, at, you know, but also embrace like things like net neutrality or, you know, right. freedom of being able to wander around wherever you want. It's like you, you can use Google, but please don't leave this website ever. Thank you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that, um, there's a real danger, but I think the danger is for like a, like a Facebook to pretend that it doesn't play in like a really big ocean mm-hmm. because I, I, the reality is that like, I just think humans tend to gravitate towards open systems. Yes. Absolutely. I don't mean that like, yeah. I don't mean people choose Linux over windows. Right. But there but will always like be degrees of someone doing something differently because they disagree with how else, you know, or, right. or I found another way to build it or I found a cheaper way right. or a more fun way. I just think like, yeah, Snapchat works very, is in a very closed way because it's a very one-to-one is a very one-to-one experience, right? Yeah, like, like yeah. Increasingly, Snapchat is finding ways to turn those one-to-one experiences into global experiences, sure, right? Like right, right. With Discover right. and with some of the live stuff that they're doing. Yeah. So I think that like all of these systems get increasingly more social. Like, yep. And the idea, of, the idea of, of Facebook was to be this network that would connect people around the mm-hmm, world, and that's mm-hmm. like a really hugely utilitarian concept. Yeah. It doesn't work when it goes backwards. Like I think that it's very difficult. And so like with Twitter, I mean, they want to be, you know, they're going to do this 10,000 word thing where you can like publish posts or whatever. Yeah. But it's like everybody's competing for these, like these, there's no interoperability, right? So if I write something on Medium, it lives on Medium. If I write something mm-hmm. on Twitter, it lives on Twitter. Mm-hmm. If I write something on Facebook, it lives on right. Facebook. And I think there's like the our lack of, and Apple's doing this too with Apple News. Oh yeah. I think this like, I lack of interoperability between all these things is really damaging. And the idea that like we're ready, we're just going to give up the open web for one of, for somebody's like kind of whack. Yeah. Whack, idea like, something. They're like kind of closed, like half ass system. I will say I, the Twitter, I, maybe it's Twitter moments, but I do actually sometimes go there you do? and look at it really just to sort of oh see mostly for like news, like highlights of things that happened while I was asleep, like basketball games or debates. What's the point of Twitter <laughs> when you're getting an update on something? that happened hours ago um it's it literally so just for like recaps not recaps well yeah recaps of like games i feel little like gifts of of things reading twitter looking at twitter moments is like reading a monthly magazine Ooh. which is like to me is it can be for the most part is okay like a magazine. Most most of moments is weird and like a lot of internet stuff. They put a lot of like weird viral internet stuff in there, like ninja right. cat gifts. Right. But every once in a while, there's something that sort of pulls together, almost storifies. Yeah, a bunch but of I feel like, like a, but it's usually like, shreds of videos and not really tweets. Right, but I feel like there's it's very hard to get a sense of a narrative in, the, in that yes, way. Like yeah. you're sort of like, oh, here are all these weird. Well, vignettes. you're beholden to whoever, whatever poor person is sitting there collecting all the tweets right. and well, I, see, I think they have like an editorial team that yeah, does that. I, know. I just don't know if they're doing it that curating, well. Curating, curator. Curating is very important in the future. Oh. I don't know if you've heard. Maybe at the all you'll do some curation. Some curation? I think you should do that. I mean really all edit, all editing is curation of one in one way or another. Mm, sort sort of, it. sort of. Some, there's, there's some curation involved. I feel like you're kind of a curator of words when you're, you know, really just sort of like editing something. Oh wow, that's really poetic. Think about yeah, it. You know, you're really it. just saying, org. You're really just saying what words should go together. You're curating. Writing, You're writing curating is just ideas. a way of curating sentences. It's true. That's right. <laughs> it is actually. Paragraphs are really like a curated set of sentences and so yeah. on and so forth uh-huh. when you think about it. Anyhow, it I think is. that's a great place to leave it. This <laughs> is my vague and incorrect uh, um, description of what of an curation. editor is. Um, Sylvia, this was really enjoyable. I think Thank I got you. into some rambling at the end here that yep, was unrelated to for the sure. core of our conversation. I know that that's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> 
let Josh ramble. The whole point is, can I find somebody who will just let me interrupt them and ramble? <laughs> and with you, I found somebody who could be a perfect target, <laughs> <laughs> perfect victim. Uh, anyhow, this was really fun. You have to come back and do it. You know what we should do is like six months in. Yeah. You should come back and yeah. give me like a, six months seems like a really long time. No, Maybe no six months seems like months, a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, sure. When do you think you'll, when do you think you'll have, when will Sylvia's all? Yeah, I, I say let's give it like, like five or six months. Five or yeah. six. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, you'll have to come back and you'll update. I would love to. Everything. Anyhow, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, I guess that's it. I guess we're done here. All right. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow, of course. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. But I fear that in Trump's America, the very best will be the very worst. Thank you.